0: Good health is a crown worn by the healthy that only the ill can see. Your health really is your wealth. Join us for the next hour as we explore disease and attaining and maintaining good health. This is Dischem Medical Monday, brought to you by Dischem, pharmacists who care. This is Medical Monday, brought to you with compliments of Dischem, pharmacists who care.
1: Welcome to Discare Medical Monday. I'm your host, Dean Gerson. It's good to be back after a long break. Hopefully, everybody is well and keeping safe. And we're very privileged to have with us one of our favorite uh, guests, Dr. Martin Davis, who's a well-known pediatrician and pediatric hormonologist at uh, NetCare Linksfield Hospital. And we are going to be chatting about Vaccines and immunizations. We'll touch on the COVID vaccine. We're going to speak about childhood immunizations and the different uh, vaccines throughout uh, their life. And uh, as I as I say again, thank you, Martin. We really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you for giving us giving us your time.
2: Thank you for thank you for your for being so kind. Thanks very much. And good morning.
1: Okay, so let's dive straight into it. Um, Do you want to, there's obviously now we're in the middle of a pandemic and everybody's speaking about a vaccine. The vaccine is the hot topic. Some people are scared and petrified to take it because it's early days. Maybe it's too soon or it hasn't been, uh, hasn't been distributed wide enough. Do you want to tell us what is a new vaccine? How is it made? And then maybe we can get on to the COVID vaccine.
2: Okay. So, so a vaccine is really a biological preparation, which is prepared Either from part of uh, of a particular um, infection, be it virus or parasit- parasitic, even um, it can it can be part of a part of the virus body itself, can be part of the of a bacterial cell wall, and um, it's then taken and is prepared um, so that it becomes non-toxic or very little toxic. Um, and then those are injected into children. Um, up until now, um, the only adults were, that were having vaccines were things like yellow fever and, and stuff like that. But, but essentially the, um, the vaccination of children has become and is so important because it prevents the development of diseases like we're seeing now in, 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 um, in this uh, plague period. Um, the um I think it I think it's also important to say that it's been interesting just to say that um, the name vaccine came from vaccinia and uh the first person who really looked at this was uh Edward Jenner in the in the eighteenth century and looking at cowpox which was which caused havoc and disease and death, just like we're seeing now. And it was um, because of his work that um, vaccinia, which is uh, which is cowpox, um, he was honoured by having that name uh, changed to vaccination, um, in um, uh, and that that name is stuck. So, whenever we give a vaccine, the vaccine's important because it actually we are either administer a very um, mild form of the disease, which we call attenuated live vaccine. Sometimes it is. A toxoid. Sometimes it is um, a part of the the, um, the cell wall of the bacteria, etc. So there are different ways in which it's produced, and um, we give them to children just so that they can develop a knowledge. And I'll come back to that right now. A knowledge of these particular infections. Um, they get memory cells, and those memory cells will promote um, will pr- will promote uh, immunity. And so that we every time we're exposed to a particular infection, those individuals are not affected and don't have life threatening disease. I think important just to say that um, uh, the the immune system consists of a number of parts. The but the one part that we always talk about in our rooms, and then the patients look look at me as if I'm you know speaking Greek, is that there are two parts to the immune system when you're exposed to something. There is a, what we call a, um, uh, an innate part of the, um, the, the immune system in which an organism is protected from coming in by, by the cell wall of the lining of the particular organ or part of our body, or it may be related to um, um, a lining of, of cells which we call antibody A, um, and those and that protects our body. Um, from organisms entering in, if they do enter, the the body has a um, produces substances which will respond in exactly the same way initially to those to that infection. So that's called innate immunity, and it's the same for everyone. But thereafter, the body then produces adaptive immunity, which is immunity specifically to that particular organism. So if that organism comes in people talk about macrophages which are large cells which engulf them they present them to white cells called lymphocytes they are either destroyed by those lymphocytes or they go on later to produce memory cells and those are the antibodies that we all hear about that is um that is in fact um adaptive immunity
1: okay so um bit of a change are vaccines safe obviously there's been years and years of controversy and the original so, one being with the measles vaccine uh, causing autism, which was disproven many times, and the original study retracted. Are vaccines safe?
2: I think vaccines are all safe. And I think the one thing that I, I want to say is that they all go through extensive, extensive um, studies looking for toxic effects. Vaccines, um, from the point of view of um, of complications, it's not common, but every now and then individuals become allergic or or are allergic to vaccines. And um, so from that point of view, um, individuals should be carefully watched if they present with any of the allergies that are produced. That's number one. The second thing is that um, we would be very careful with certain vaccines to give them to people who are born with immune deficiencies, um, HIV and others but in fact the the recommendation is that vaccines are given to all people. Can I just uh, enlarge a little bit about the autism? Heard, yeah, of course okay so um, in autism um, or the autism group of conditions um, were described many years ago, and then they were all incorporated together that's asperger's, which are learning and special. Needs um, in it, or autism itself, with um, their problems. So, when, at that time, which was about the, the the latter part of the nineteen eighties, um, at exactly the same time, the um, MMR vaccine, that's measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine, was introduced, and uh, the, um, the 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 incidence of autism seemed to have increased. Um, but it was already increasing the year before that, before the vaccine was introduced. There was a worker by the name of, and people could read it if they like, Andrew Wakefield, who was a pediatric gastroenterologist. And um, he saw some of these children um, who had had vaccines. He he did um, colonoscopes and other tests um, to determine whether sick individuals would in fact develop autism. But in fact, this was shown really not to be the case. His 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 um, hypothesis was that mumps, measles and rubella were all attached to one another by what's called an adjuvant. It's a substance that makes the, um, the, um, the efficacy of the, uh, of, of the vaccine um, more precise and will hold the, will hold all of those together. In fact, um, this is a mercury substance and, um, he then went on to produce a paper to say that uh, autism was produced by um, uh, MMR vaccine, and in fact he had really no data to prove it. And in fact, um, at a later stage, he developed a retainer by various drug companies, a big important by various uh, uh, law firms in the UK. And after that, it it was given the dirty word. So. It's been shown, in fact, many studies have been done to try and prove or disprove that the mercury carrier booster substance um, produced this, and in fact, that's been shown really not to be the case. But the, the, the very sad part was that he produced lots and lots of damage. And um, imagine he
1: should should have been held liable for for murder and exactly, for culpable for homicide. Suicide. Yeah.
2: So he's he's in fact in the UK he's being defrocked. He's not allowed to practice. But he's still running around at conferences raising his voice, and he's still on retaining uh, retainers from the U.S. So may uh, uh, we, I think that once and for all we should say it's not the case. And, in fact, in the literature I looked up today, it is shown in one of the articles that, in fact, um, the incidence of autism is even less. So um, I think that um, those people, and we're still getting phone calls all the time, people to say we can't do it. Please don't give us the vaccine. So much so that now, um, because of all all of the various individuals that are going around now talking about um, the the um, the COVID vaccine, um, they're saying we don't want it. We're not going to have it because there are people going around to say um, it's it's associated with um, RNA or it's associated with DNA vaccines or it's associated with. Um, um, uh, with other with other effects like um, vector vaccines where when you introduce the 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 um, the weakened version of the virus and develop antibodies to it that they shouldn't be given because this is related to destruction of the body it's a new world order um, people tell us that um, they're going There's to micro, get
1: microchips in it There's going to be tracked microchips, there. and well, so it's running, world yeah. order and and it's
2: all And it's all Bill Gates, so I don't want to hear any more about that. But so, so, yeah. So the different types of of vaccines can be live, um, what we call attenuated vaccines, which are vaccines which are live, but they're given in a very mild form, and in fact um, will produce the development of memory cells, those antibodies I mentioned before, um, so that if you reinfected, they would um, they would uh, prevent you from having an attack uh of of with the particular viral illness. Or secondly, um, it may be uh it it it, it as I say, it's it, it it lasts for a much longer period. So if you give a killed vaccine, that killed vaccine will last for a much shorter period and um, but the but the live vaccines do produce much longer periods of control. The problem is, as I say, we've got to look at immune deficiencies and also to allergies. Um,
1: okay, can they, I just interrupt? Can I just interrupt you? you. Because we're going to take a short ad break and we'll carry on in one minute. We'll be back after this.
0: Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. This is Medical Monday brought to you with compliments of Discam, pharmacists who care.
1: Welcome back to Just Care Medical Monday. I'm your host, Dean Gerson, and we're speaking to Dr. Martin Davis, pediatrician and pediatric pulmonologist, and we're speaking about uh, vaccines and uh, childhood immunizations, and we've just been talking about the different types of vaccines. Um, do you want to carry on where you left off from, Dr. Davis?
2: Yeah, thank you. Um, um, I won't spend too much time on the other vaccines, but there are, there are certain vaccines where um, – Various parts of the particular organism that cause disease are taken out, the active parts, and are then reinserted into the vaccine. And um, the classic example of that is the pneumococcus. Most people are getting Prevnar, or their kids are getting Prevnar, or even older people of 50s are getting Prevnar to prevent all those terrible uh, pneumonias, um, sinus infections, and so on. So that, uh, that those are called conjugate, conjugate vaccines. And there are there are a number of different vaccines. Um, the uh, the, um, the I've mentioned about toxoid. I've mentioned about inact- inactivated, live attenuated vaccines. Um, and now, of course, the the new vaccines that I've mentioned earlier for COVID are very are very important, and they've been shown to be perfectly safe. Um, you may get a sore arm. Um, but, but they certainly are safe. There are other vaccines that may in fact give you a problem. And those are, those are vaccines that used to be given in, in dead organisms, but the whole organism. And the classical one is whooping cough. So it's, it's been stated now uh, unequivocally that if you, if you have, your child has a bad reaction to, um, to whooping cough with fitting uh, convulsions, neurological signs, you'd never give it again. Um, I just wanted to say one thing yes. if I may that um, the United States um, uh especially in areas of William Williamstown is it Williamstown and other areas in um, uh
1: in New York I think it's Williams- people, Be- Williamsburg, yeah. Williamsburg
2: yeah. people have refused to give vaccines. Yes. Gone to Israel on holiday um come back from from holiday brought brought people from israel to have holidays in new york city and they and their children have developed the most severe forms of measles in fact with high morbidity and mortality i think vaccines as i said i think they're used properly there have been lots of studies and um, they are very safe the latest vaccine of course is very new and um uh, there are 163 companies that are making COVID vaccine, um, and there are a number of different types. Um, they eventually, we'll know exactly which is the right one. But because of the high mortality and morbidity, um, I'm so happy to say, and I really want to say three cheers, is that the um, vaccine is coming uh, by the end of the month, please God, and health workers who are really in the front line and then older people, who are really are the ones who get very ill, and then people who have comorbid conditions like heart problems and so on, will 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 also benefit from the vaccine. I think those people that are listening to talk about uh, about conspiracy theories must please please put that out of
1: their minds. Perfect. Okay. Um, how do you deal when you're just diverting a bit? Uh, how do you deal with? Yes. Uh, anti-vaxxers or people who don't want to immunize or vaccinate their children in your rooms. I had uh, patients of mine who asked me that we, we were discussing uh, vaccines and uh, they said to me, do I vaccinate my children? So I said, of course I do. I said to them when, you know, I've seen unfortunately children die of preventable diseases. And I said to them straight, I don't want my children to die of preventable diseases. It was very unpleasant. And they were quite shocked with my, um, with my heart. Answer, but I feel you have to be harsh with this. Um, I, think about, I think
2: it's a the compilation. Um, the the patients. Many of the patients will come in and they'll give you a long story about about vaccine problems and uh, and and in fact, um, I try the first thing I try and do to them is to try and give them an idea of what it was like when I was a, a, a houseman and registrar at the um, fever hospital which was part of the children's hospital at that time. Um, And we used to see, and at Baragwanath and at Coronation, where we used to see children coming in with full-blown measles, with with um, popped lungs, uh, with abscesses, and and we lost many, many of these children. Um, We've also, the other thing is that um, you can say to them, look, we're not prepared to look after you, but i And that's what the paediatric association has said. If patients will not accept vaccinations, then tell them to go and find somebody else. But God forbid something happens and you lose that patient. That um, it's certainly it's certainly not a good way to behave. So I've tried to I've tried to first of all explain to them what happened in those days when we used to have um, uh, all the complications of measles, where. Patients would die, where, um, the, um, uh, where we've seen such, where we saw such progress in the production of, of measles vaccine, um, and all of the other. And, um, I think most times you can, you can get people to try and, to, to listen, but people that belong to funny societies, funny groups, they go to, I'm not, I'm not putting down any homeopathic groups at all. But they go to funny groups where you forbid them to have vaccines because they say to them that they'll have all sorts of problems. I, I do understand that from a as I said before, when you have got pertussis, that there could be a problem, but that's not common. But it's um we've tried to make it our business to say you listen to the listen to the to the to the knowledge, listen to the literature, see the complications that occur. And then if you don't have it, it's, it's actually on your head. Um, but we still have those problems. And I agree with you, it becomes very unpleasant. I, I worry though, that if you kick a patient out of your rooms and you say to them, if you're not going to have it, or well, you're not going to fall in line with us, um, that's it. And then something happens to the child. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't think
1: off. I would ever go that far, but being as, you know, telling them the, the facts, I think, is uh, important to tell them the truth and the facts. So, Let's move on to the the COVID vaccine now. So you mentioned two parts. There's one which is um, works with mRNA, and there's one which is uh, is the viral vector, the the AstraZeneca one.
2: Yeah.
1: Do you want to maybe so, briefly tell us about those two vaccines, and are they safe? Everyone says that they've been rushed through to get them, you know, through trials to get them ready. I
2: think, for, uh, I, think I think only time will really tell, but I think that. Big studies with big numbers have been done. I mean, when you consider that it takes ten years to get a new um, uh, a new vaccine on the market, the um, I think that uh, the, the 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 massive studies that have been done everywhere in Israel, in the UK, and the US, um, and here our own our own people have done the studies here. Um, I think that um, there's no question that the the vaccine does appear to be safe. Um, so I'm talking about the the two vaccines that are that are on the market. The one has a problem because it it's the um, the vaccine that's uh, that's made. Uh, I don't know if we can use trade trade. Yeah, plans. I think we can. I don't think
1: we don't have any interests. So
2: <laughs> yeah, so no, that's right. So so the 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 the, the one vaccine, in fact. Um, has got to be stored at a very low temperature because it's live vaccine. And, um, so we're really out of that kind of field. As, as Professor, um, Shabir Mahdi says, we're really very far away from where it's being manufactured and it's got to be kept at that temperature. If it's, um, if it, if it doesn't survive, um, then of course you get, you get, you're getting nothing from that. So that's the one group. The second group, um, are the groups that are um, made from um the intricacies of that, they're they 're produced um, from um, i understand they 're produced from parts of the parts of the uh the virus and then they are together with adjuvants and they um and they produce a vaccine um related to the 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 dna and the rna um, those vaccines are the ones that we're going to see and that those are the vaccines that are coming now. They are pre- pretty safe. They are really pretty safe um, at this moment in time, and they will be. Um, and you don't have to keep them at that te- that temperature. So, so that's the second vaccine. There's a third. Both of those two vaccines um, that are that are produced. Um, the but both, in fact. Um, uh, have, to, have got to have two injections. So you've got to you've got to have your first Im, uh, immunisation, and then later on to to boost those levels. Um, probably, um, I'm trying why to remember,
1: do you, I, I think it's thirty days later. Why do you need Why do you need to have a second in, just, guess, is just Is it a just you, in case? you, you or will have, you will
2: so? have organ, you'll have organisms. At least you'll have antibodies, but you won't have the boosted antibodies until until you give the second immunisation. So. So um uh, I don't like to mention that guy's name, but, uh, but, uh, uh President Trump, uh, decided that it wasn't necessary, even though it was, um, shown that you have to have two, two doses, and he said you only need one dose. So, okay. just that they is, is, it, is that
1: with both, is that with both vaccines? The AstraZeneca, as far as I know, is one dose, yeah, and those the are Pfizer the, is two yeah, dose.
2: Yeah. The Astra, the AstraZeneca is the one that we are getting at this moment in time, and it's produced in India, and it's um and the but the the other vaccine that's being produced by J and J is in fact a single dose. Um, That one isn't out yet. Um, Is it
1: safe to get more than one type of vaccine? Can you vaccinate yourself with all three? Uh, in, 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 order to go from one vaccine to another vaccine. Well, well, I'm saying, in, in theory, could you, I mean, if you're worried, could you get all three? Can you, if you worry worried no, that... The... No, no, the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Vaughn, yeah. we're gonna take, we're gonna take another short ad break. We'll be back after this. Hi
0: FM, your station of choice since 2008. This is Medical Monday brought to you with compliments of Discam,
1: pharmacists who care. Welcome back to Discam Medical Monday. I'm your host, Dr. Dean Gerson. We're speaking to pediatrician and Dr. Martin Davis. And we're having an interesting conversation about vaccines. Specifically, now we're talking about the COVID vaccine. And Martin, are children going to get the vaccine or should children get the COVID vaccine?
2: Um, they will get the. I'm, I'm sure they will get the COVID vaccine ultimately. But at the moment, uh, there the priority of giving it to, to children and um, is much less. Um, I can't really say altogether about the, the very tiny ones. Um, but I think even the, even in those children, it they've been reserved for later. So um, the the big mor- morbidity mortality, and I'm, I mean, I, I, I it's terrible that I look every day. Um, at at the at the West Park list because there are so many people that we've lost to that are middle-aged, older um, people with comorbidities. That means with heart problems, or diabetes, obesity, and so on. So children don't don't tend to get that sick, except if they're in the newborn period. So if you if you in fact um, look at children, um, I think if you treat them, you um, you isolate families, you put people into quarantines, um, they at this moment in time, they wouldn't be on the first line to have um, to have the vaccines done, unless they've got comorbidities.
1: Why are children? I mean, do we know why children aren't getting? I know you said you have seen some children that are sick, but do children need the COVID vaccine so to stop spreading it amongst the the population? Or once, let's say, once all the people at risk, all the healthcare workers, all uh, the elderly people with comorbidities get it. Do you think that children it would be necessary for children to get it?
2: I think so. I think, I think as time goes by and as it's more available and as we know more, more about the vaccine, I think um, um, it probably will be given du- during the, the formative years, but not at the moment.
1: Okay. So let's go back now to the, the EPI or the expanded program and immunization. So, Thank God, we're living in an age where we can immunise um, against certain preventable diseases. We want to maybe just uh, talk about uh, what children get and and uh, when they get it, and we can just uh, stop and discuss along the way. What? Do, let's start with what what do children get with okay, birth, so, birth?
2: So, if we look at if we look at the the vaccines that are given to children, the the, the very the very first vaccines that are given soon after delivery are in fact given at the hospital before they leave. One is um, they were given oral drops of polio, um, and polio now is, thank God, not a considered to be a major disease anymore, but they're given polio drops, and they're given a uh, intra-cutaneous into the skin. They're given a BCG injection um, to prevent them from getting complications of TB. It doesn't stop you from getting TB, but it prevents all the complications. And that's why for a, for a while people thought that maybe with this new disease, um, by having a, a, BCG, it was going to actually protect you, but it did, not Then at six to eight weeks, they are given, um, the big bulk of the vaccines. Can I just um, interrupt,
1: interrupt all that to say, so the BCG is to protect, protect us against TB, is that correct? And I think right. we're one of the only countries that has the BCG. Was a lot of third
2: world countries. Uh, no, they're, they're, no, there are other countries that do. They don't all give it uh, uh, routinely, but there are certain countries, uh, the rest of Africa, um, in in the in the Asian in the Asian block. Uh, and does that people. and
1: does that stop you from getting TB, or it just stops you from? No, it Doesn't stop you from
2: getting okay. TB, but it prevents um, disseminated TB. So the disseminated TB that we see um, is TB. Meningitis, and we may get, um, TB, which is in, which is affecting the lungs. That it certainly does, it does prevent.
1: And, and the BCG is a different type of TB, is it the cow TB, the mycobacterium, but they're giving you the cow TB to make antibodies, is that correct?
2: Um, yeah, but not, uh, but, um, if you're, if you're exposed as a big group to, together with, um, um, malnutrition, um, underweight, um, other illnesses and diseases, then certainly will not, will not prevent you from getting TB.
1: Okay, perfect. Sorry for interrupting. Carry on. You're going on at six weeks. Right.
2: So the, so the next lot that we give are either at six weeks or at eight weeks. And those are the, 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 the six in one, um, vaccinations. And they include, um, in them, the, um, the, they include tetanus. They include, um, uh, hepatitis B. They, um off the top of my head. Um, so let me say it again. So it's it's um, hepatitis B, it's haemophilus influenza, which is another bacteria that can cause terrible meningitis. Um it um we give polio during we give polio in the injection at that stage. Um, and there' are one or two others that are that are done at that time. That those those are given together now with the um Injection, which is uh, which prevents you from getting um, the pneumococcus, which is the severe bacteria that may affect your lungs, may affect your um, uh, your brain, and so on. And that's that's now been a wonderful, wonderful new vaccine. Vaccine. It's been for a few years, but it certainly uh, promotes health. Um, we also give um, rotavirus vaccine, which is a, a vaccine. Preventing the um, the rotavirus from producing severe uh, diabetes, and um, especially in developing countries, so those are given. Those are given uh, six or eight weeks. They're repeated. um, They're repeated after that, um, six weeks later, and again six weeks later after that. Some countries after a month. um, Some countries even have a different regimen. And then after that, um, when some some of the children were previously at Six months, they were given um, measles, measles vaccination on its own. We're still doing that here, but we also then give MMR a little bit later on, um, around about uh, around about nine months. Um, that's measles, mumps, rubella, and chickenpox. Um, uh, the chickenpox may be given separately, or it may be given together with the mumps. Rubella. If you get the
1: chi- if you get the chickenpox vaccine, does that prevent you completely from? Uh... Having chickenpox or just prevents the severity?
2: For the most part, it does. But certainly, there are we know that there are two strains of chickenpox. And um, the the one strain is given on the vaccine. So you may get chickenpox. In fact, you may get any of these. But if you've got any of these, they would be in a very attenuated or mild form. Okay. Fine. And then, um, so that really takes you up to about, that takes you to, to six months. To a year, um, you've had, you've had, you've had three lots of the, uh, of the 6-in-1 and then, um, another two or three, uh, of the, of the, the rotavirus, although the rotavirus should not be given after a year because it can have complications. So, um, previously it was seen that they, that children developed inflammation of their bowels, um, which we call intersusception, but that doesn't occur anymore. And then the pneumococcal, um, uh, vaccine is given. And then after that, um, there are some vaccines which are not part of the extended, uh, pediatric uh, injections, um, vaccinations, and they can be, they can be bought. So uh, we give hepatitis A, we give, um, uh, a vaccine which prevents children from getting, um, another form of meningitis, um, and that's, and that's all available now. Uh, then, then ch- children will also get the, the three and the, the MMR vaccine if they haven't had it. Um and then, and then one moves on to the preschool and then from preschool on to primary school and then they will have some more, uh, vaccines there. Sharpen's the fiat.
1: <laughs> it, it's okay, I mean, it's okay, I'm sure, I you mean, know. it's very, it's, it's easy just to uh, Google the, the EPR. The main thing we want to get across is, I mean, why, you know, why do children need that? People say, why do children need that, need these vaccines when the, the chance of getting them is, is uh, so little? And what about the argument that everybody else has them? So it's preventable. So it's safe for me not to have.
2: Yeah. So, so yeah, but the point about it is that in our, in our human population group, we, we really need individuals to be able to have antibodies. Those antibodies, the first antibodies you get if you've been exposed to an illness are called IgMs and also your vaccines. And then afterwards you get memory cells. So it's important to have those memory cells. Otherwise, um, uh, ind- individuals would be severely ill and they, and they might, they might die. Um, so. The one thing we talk about is herd immunity and herd immunity is where most individuals in the population will in fact um, have antibodies so that they can prevent the rest of the population from getting either severe disease or getting disease. That's what everybody's talking about, herd immunity, herd immunity, herd immunity. Um, there are many individuals who are anti-vaccines um, uh, and who really should change their minds dramatically now. Um, who um, who say we are not going to have any vaccine because our kids didn't get sick, and the reason is because those who in fact have been given their vaccines, um, and those unfortunately been very sick and have 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 um, have got better and they've got they've got their antibodies. Those those individuals um, are protected by the herd immunity, so they are protected under the banner. But when so there are a lot of individuals who will not have the vaccine, and then when we have a an epidemic of something, um, then, then they all get sick and they wonder why, because they haven't got that protection. And that's exactly what happened in in New York with the, with the measles vaccine. They never had the vaccine. They were not protected by the herd immunity and they got so sick.
1: Okay. So people are trying to maybe ride the wave or see that they'll be protected by herd immunity. Why can't we wait for her- herd immunity with regards uh, to certain diseases? Because it will just, it will just take t- too long or you're not sure. Well, you um, see, we
2: have a, you mean, you mean at the moment?
1: Yeah, at the uh, moment. The,
2: the, the reason is it's a brand new virus. I mean, it's, it's now just reaching one year of age when it was first diagnosed in, um, in Wuhan in, in China. Um, and there, there really isn't no, um, we have, we're getting the vaccine, thank God, but isn't in those individuals who haven't been exposed to it, the mortality is high in adults and older, and older individuals. So the, the herd immunity at this moment in time, uh, and I stand to correction, but is a, is around about 7%, where you want it to be about 70%, um, to protect individuals. So, um, certainly, um, with the previous, the, with the previous coronaviruses that occurred, um, they were, there was, there was one called the, the the COVID, the MERS COVID, and there was another uh, there was another COVID that was present a little before that. Um and they in fact cause massive havoc and death even in children, um until they've developed this uh this herd immunity.
1: Fine. Okay. So if we in theory if we can get everybody vaccinated or or immunized, uh we can get the herd immunity um up so that the chances of getting of contracting COVID or any disease will be much less.
2: Yeah, well, let, let, let's say that um, the we're now seeing a variation of, um as you know, and there's there's now I see the, the the variation in the UK, and then now the variation is moved to is um, moved to the US, and so the individuals who who are much easily, much more easily infected. Much more severely affected, um, and until until those vaccines are actually producing those effects, it, it, it's it's uh, it's very dangerous. Um, and at this moment in time, uh, there is there is no good protection, and that's why the um, the the most important thing that we can do is to is to wear masks um, and to have our safe distances and to um, and to and to wash hands because we just don't have any other way of doing it. Until how long it's going to take before the herd immunity develops? Um, it might still take a very long time.
1: Fine. Um, can we move on to now? Just a, a still on uh, COVID and and herd immunity. What everybody should be distancing them themselves at the moment. As it should be social distancing and uh, not having any gatherings. What are you advising your patients with regards to parents and grandparents and and newborn babies? As we know or as we think or what's been said is that children get COVID but they don't get sick. What, what's your uh, opinion on that?
2: Well, that's a hard question because their grandparents haven't seen their grandchildren for months and months and months and months and even more months. Um, but the problem, the problem still is that um, people who are over over sixty, and certainly over seventy and eighty, are very prone to develop all the complications that go together. The the, the, the respiratory symptoms, the, fa- the organ failures affecting kidneys and general body failure, are so high. I think um, I think the one thing we we're advising them really, oh, it's so difficult. You're going to see them at safe distances through the gate. Not sure that that's
1: a good idea either. Yeah. Um,
2: are
1: you saying for the, prote- you're saying for the protection of the grandparents, not for the protection of
2: the, for the, for the, for, yeah, for, the, for the grandparents.
1: And what about, but not, the, a, yeah.
2: Sorry, carry not on. only the grandparents, but for the teachers, because kids are going to school and they're being exposed to teachers. And if you go certainly walking around, um, uh, the northern side of town and I'm sure even other parts of town, People are not, not wearing masks and people are, are, going to school on the arm of a grandparent and, um, and the grandparent hasn't got a, got a mask on. So it's education to try and get people to, to adhere to as much as they can to keep safe distances. I think the good thing that we have, I don't know if it is, but is, to, is that we've got multi, multimedia now. So at least you can see your grandchild and talk to your grandchild. That doesn't change anything. What, happened,
1: what, what about the safety of the, uh, what about the safety of the children of newborns? Are, newborn, are newborns, okay.
2: uh, so, so until very recently it was, it was thought that the, that, that the people that were most severely affected, um, and I don't know if it's related to this variant or not, but the people that were, um, most affected were the, were the old folks. So, so those individuals who were over 60 um and really um were very prone to develop um the complications if they were closely um uh, or close to their grandchildren um but now um and it's and, and previously it's been said that that children who are under the age of about eighteen i suppose that's really adolescents and older and, and, and young adults but those children who were young and were expo- were exposed and were under about eighteen didn't really get sick. They either didn't get sick or they 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 got a mild illness, they settled down, they didn't get the complications of of the respiratory symptoms and the multi-organ failure and the abnormalities of, of, of immunity which overact and produce the so-called um, um storm. Um so but recently now it's been shown with this variation, and I don't know how how accurate it is yet, but from the studies. Um, young young adults between 17 and 19 are getting very sick. And people in the 40s, and uh, in the latter part of the 40s, are getting very sick. And even cho- and children under the age of six months are the ones that really get sick. The ones in between, yeah, at, the, at this moment in time, um, they seem to be tolerating and controlling it fairly well. But what will happen in time, I don't know.
1: Okay, so... It's it's hard to say because it's it's early days and and every time as we were discussing earlier off air we don't know every uh, every place is changing every uh, n- not every person uh, behaves the same not every city behaves the same and uh, every time we think we know someone or make a statement or uh, we are humbled and and things change we're going to take a shorter ad break and uh, we'll wrap up after that.
0: Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. This is Medical Monday brought to you with compliments of Discam, pharmacists who care.
1: Welcome back to Discam Medical Monday. I'm your host, Dean Gerson, and we are speaking to Dr. Mohamed Davis, a well-known pediatrician. And uh, thank you again for spending this hour with us. We've been talking about... Uh, vaccines and immunizations, COVID and normal uh, children's vaccines. Um, one of the concerning things that during this time is that all other health conditions have been neglected. People don't want to go see their doctors or they don't want to take their children for their immunizations. People missing immunizations, not sticking to the schedules. What do you say about, what do you say about this people who've missed the immunizations or people who don't want to go for these immunizations?
2: Um, I'd like to say on air what what I would like to say, but I wouldn't do that. I just I just want people to realize that vaccinations are there not because they are there to produce um, complicated illnesses. They are there for um, for the protection of children and for the protection of adults and for the protection of people around them, and that um, that people should learn to. I, I really hold people responsible will not have their children vaccinated um, out of choice without finding out and without coming to talk to their medical practitioners. And as we said before earlier, um, those those patients should really not be seen unless they actually have their vaccines done.
1: Okay. So if people have now uh, missed their vaccines um, regarding catching up, Of them is there a problem? If you've missed one, can you come back and go back onto that onto the schedule? Should you go back?
2: Um, To go back onto schedule, absolutely. I I think that I think that when you speak to patients, you should you shouldn't speak to them with a with a long tongue and an evil an evil way about it. We should explain to them how important it is and the complications that follow, and that. Even though you might might have missed the, the initial vaccines of that first year, you need to actually vaccinate your children to protect themselves, to protect their families and to protect other individuals that they're exposed to. Um, I would I would not um, I would really try and um, and and encourage them, more than encourage them. Not force them but somewhere in between. Go and have those vaccines and catch up if you miss the ones in the first year, you can't make them up again, but you can you can carry on with your vaccinations
1: fine okay um we are going to leave it here. Thank you, dr. Martin Davis, for joining us it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you in this uh, past uh, past hour that's that's flown by. You got one last message to everyone
2: yeah. The, the, the message I want to give is don't be downhearted and don't be depressed. It's going to go, but we have to take the precautions and we've got to take the measures to try and protect our our children, ourselves, our loved ones, our maids, our, um, uh, our, all our employees, our grandparents and everybody else so that they can get the best um, possible advice. I can only say that the doctors are working and the, the um uh, the laboratory technicians are working um, twenty nine, thirty hours a day. Our adult physicians are working like crazy to keep people alive and to get them to recover in ICUs, which is not easy to do. Um, and we should all remember to stick to what we have to do about vaccines in general. We must, we must do the vaccines. We must follow the the, the directives. We must do the extended vaccines if we need to. We must. Um, we must not forget to do them because um, we don't want to have the complications that follow on there. And I think that just to remember that the vaccine now, the vaccines seem to be working. There are a lot of vac- there are a lot of vaccines, and they're going to work. And our patients, please God, will get better. It's very frightening now. The mortality rate is high. The, the morbidity rate is high. Patients think they're just going to get better and they can they can take a, a few drops of honey. It's not going to work that way. But my, but, but my final message is, uh, Dean, thank you for having me on the program and to say to everybody, please follow the rules, follow, follow everything that you're asked to do. And please God, the scourge will be gone. If not this year, maybe next year.
1: Thank you, Dr. Martin Davis, so as always for your time and for being such an optimist and sharing uh, all your knowledge. Thank you for joining us again on Discare Medical Monday 101.9 5M. We will see you next week. Remember, safe, safe, wear your mask, sanitize your hands and keep your distance.
0: Good health is a crown worn by the healthy that only the ill can see. Your health really is your wealth. Join us for the next hour as we explore disease and attaining and maintaining good health. This is Dischem Medical Monday, brought to you by Dischem, pharmacists who care.